Well, friends, it is, I, like I said before, it is so good to have you all here. More of us are here in person. I, I'm also thankful for being able to continue to be online. I got a pastor, it's been pastor appreciation week slash month, and some of you have given notes, and just thank you so much. But one of the notes that stood out to me as I begin this morning that was just really neat was that I got a note from a, a friend of a friend who had visited us, I don't know, 10 years ago, lives in New Hampshire, and they had said, I've just been participating over the past six months or so, and it's just been so good to be with you. And I was like, this is a, a, a someone who had, hadn't been here in years, right? But they're able to connect with us. So thank you for joining us, and thank you if you continue to join us online. But then also being able to be in person. It's this both and. We talk about this with like the kingdom of God, that it's both here but yet to come. And I feel like that in many ways, that's how it is with us in our worship service and we'll be going forward. So we thank you for joining us online, but it is good to have more faces, especially our Keiki with us this morning and being able to play around a little bit. And hopefully we can move some of this back, right? You know, some of the, we can look back and there's a sense of coming back to normal right? You know, that the pandemic with the Pfizer vaccine being able to come out to our keiki, less people will be vulnerable and more of opportunities to gather will be able to be had. I mean, that, that, that's our hope, right? Be able to come back and to be in person and to do things kind of like normal, right? The, the thing though is, is that as I think about the normalcy, it's been on my heart over the past few weeks, especially as we're in this sermon series, Enough, I can't help but wonder though, is that always the best thing? Is normal always the best thing? Because I, like you, am so excited about this year having little less restrictions around this day. Last year was super fun to see the creative ways that people accommodated the keiki, especially, right, during Halloween. You know, one of the houses put up like a clothesline with like little goodie bags. I heard of another one that was catapulting candies. But friends, I'm just welcoming the good old-fashioned knock on the door and say trick-or-treat, right? You know, that, that experience that we have. And so it's fun and exciting, especially as we move into the holidays, to be coming back into a sense of normal, isn't it? And I think more than ever, we're going to have this joy that we've had, uh, you know, during this time and the excitement around moving into Halloween, and then we go into Thanksgiving, and then we go into Christmas. And friends, Christmas, without having to do just a drive-in worship opportunity, is going to be so fun for the life of the church. We're so excited about being able to be in here and to see sort of the, like the, the chancel area that we've been able to design during that. It's all exciting, except... Did you know I went yesterday to get some candy for the kids? And there is Christmas stuff up in Target already, right? Have you even seen that? Anyone seen Christmas stuff already? I, I saw say they're playing Christmas music at the grocery store that they had gone to. And friends, we've been talking about this idea of having enough, right? And being kind of, you know, marketed to, buying more and more. Well, there is two things going radically against our principle of enough this year. One is the idea that there is this massive shortage in shipping, right? You know, that like everyone needs to buy your Christmas presents immediately because, you know, they're all lined up on the coast of California and the East Coast, right? You know, so you got to get it early. And then two, we're all just going to be so ecstatic to be able to celebrate the holidays in person. I fear that not only are we going to go back to normal, but we might be worse than we were before. 
And what do I mean by that is I think that we have to interrogate at some level the ways in which the joy of a festive holiday and the need to consume have become one and the same. The joy of celebrating and this desire to have more and to buy and and to get presents and to get gift bags and to do all those things might become one and the same during this holiday season. Because I promise you this, there are plenty of businesses that hope that that like, you know, merge happens in your heart and your mind. If you're to truly celebrate this year in person, well, you will truly have all the things and more. And I say that gives me caution a little bit because at this very moment, our global leaders are meeting of the 20 largest economies in Rome, and then they're headed off to Scotland, right, for Gosglo, the climate summit, with all the countries of the world together, and they'll gather. And I have some opinions about what I hope would happen at there, but more than those opinions about that is two fundamental beliefs. One, we as a global world have been living an unsustainable lifestyle, period. And something needs to change in relationship to climate, from our use to plastic to our carbon footprint, all of those things. That's principle number one. So if you disagree with that, that's fine, but that's a principle I'm operating under. But number two is ultimately our leaders can make all sorts of decisions unless we, you and I, are willing to embody principles of change, we can throw those global decisions out the window. Because ultimately what? It's the individual decisions you and I make around what we do that will impact the world. And it's not just you and I, of course it's everyone in the world, but if we ourselves don't live with a principle of difference, not the same as normal, nothing's gonna change. And and that's one of my worries about going back to normal for us as a community is that going back to normal might also entail some ways in which normal was not a healthy way to live for us for the people of the world, and for the world itself. That the normal of, you know, driving, I know we don't drive as much in Hawaii, but driving around for our extracurricular activities all the time, and the normal of buying, you know, as Hudson says, I'm bringing a garbage bag with me tonight, you know, my oldest son, because he's going to have an abundance of candy for the holidays. To the Christmas trees that are adorned with toy of plastic after toy of plastic. Holidays, while they are meaningful and celebratory for us, are also stark reminders of our unsustainable lifestyles that we live as individuals within the broader society. And you might say to yourself, well, Pastor Brian, you're getting a little too political with me this morning, but this principle of enough, I promise you, is a biblical principle from beginning to end. And here we have, within Jesus' words this morning, some crystal clear words about living with this principle of enough. Right? Crystal clear words of Jesus when he talks about this person who wants to store up, he uses this example, store up extra silos. Isn't that our personality, our tendency? 
is we, got, you know, we go to Costco here in Hawaii, at least we do, because it's the only way a family of three can afford to live here, right? You know, or a family of five with three kids. Afford to live here, you go to Costco, and what's the principle that Costco has? The more the better, right? And I tell Ashley, we got to clean out all this toy stuff, like all the bicycles and stuff in our carport. Why? So we can fit the things that we get from Costco, right? Fit the things that we get from Costco. Did you know that's a practice that we've inherited? It's not a global thing. I remember the strangest thing, and perhaps I've told this story, I spent some time living in Japan, and when I was living in Japan, the strangest experience, I would go into the grocery store, and whether it would be soda or bread or whatever, and I would go to buy, you know, whatever it would be that I would buy, and you know, you have the options at a grocery store, right? You can get the single package, or you can get the multiple package, right? And so as a good old American, my tendency was to, you know, I, I, I price check things. And so I look at the individual and then I go to the multiple. And my expectation would be what? If I buy three loaves of bread versus one and add up the cost, it saves me money to buy the three. It doesn't work like that in Japan. In fact, sometimes to buy more is more expensive than it is to buy the one. And I just couldn't understand. I was like, why don't, what about the 24 pack, right? Like, why don't I buy the 24 pack? They don't have place to store in their, in their little homes that they live in. And it's just not a value base. And if you walk around, and I remember I, I talked about this a few weeks ago when we talked about food. And I used the story of bringing some Japanese friends to America for my wedding. And, and my father-in-law fed this giant steak. Well, the same was when we and our group of like, uh, American English teachers went to Costco in Tokyo. And we brought some of our Japanese friends with us. They walked around the Costco in Tokyo with the same Japanese word at, on refrain, right? And some of you know this word, sagoi. <laughs> big, oh my goodness. Cho sagoi. It's just so big. Why would anyone need 50 rolls of toilet paper? And where would you store them? And why would it be cheaper? It makes no sense to them. More the better. Celebration means buying. But then here, Jesus says, why would you feel that the abundance of your possessions has any regard to the abundance of your soul? And in fact, tells the story completely otherwise and says that this farmer who decides to tear down the barn and to build silos because he had more than enough. What does he say? God responds, you fool. On this very day, you'll be called home. And where and whose will that food be? Sometimes it's hard for us to disassociate the fun and the excitement and the buying of more. Friends, this is a sermon to all of us, including myself. But what if, as we look at the world leaders and they're calling for changes and they're calling for, you know, a lower carbon footprint, all the things that they're calling for, what if you take some time to think about where we have been in this sermon series enough? We've covered some ground together, and I believe fervently that if we were to even take one of the weeks that we've talked about, let it sink in and make change in our daily, weekly yearly rhythm, it would make an impact if each one of us, whether it's the, the practice of Sabbath, of learning to rest on a day, 
You know, I, I was driving, we went up to the North Shore uh, just yesterday, and I, I was driving up there, and we, we didn't notice many of the uh, different, like, decorations as, as we were going up there, and I, I don't know a ton, I know enough about the Mormon theology, but I don't know enough about, like, the common practice. I have a good friend, though, that is, and so I texted him, and I said, hey, Jared, do, do Mormons not celebrate? Because I didn't see any of it. But one of the things I found out that was really surprising to me is they celebrate, some people celebrate Halloween, but they won't celebrate it today. Wanna why? It's Sabbath day. And they take seriously the fact that they cannot do more on this day. So in Mormon communities, they were celebrating and doing trick-or-treating and trunk-or-treats yesterday because of a fervent kind of commitment to the Sabbath. What if we had more of a commitment to a day of rest? instead of doing more, doing less on a day. Or we talked about the food, right? We talked about how we might live with a practice of enough. What if we lived with a practice of enough around our food? Instead of carting home five boxes of, take of leftovers, right? We try to instill less as more. And last week we talked about with how we use our money and this week, I wonder, as the global leaders meet, just think about the stuff around the holidays that we're going to be told we need. As we want to move back to normal, what if we changed it just a little bit or just succumbed, you know, didn't succumb to that desire to buy more just this once, just a little less this year? Even as we can celebrate, because friends, you can celebrate the birth of our Messiah, Jesus Christ, without presents under your tree. Did you know that? Did you know that? There's an entire campaign of a pastor, Mike Slaughter, in Ohio. He's a Methodist pastor, started a church called Ginghamsburg Church. And every Christmas, almost, they have a campaign during Advent that says, Christmas is not your birthday. And his challenge is not to, you know, not fill the tree. I think he is culturally aware enough to know that that might not happen. But he says, spend dollar for dollar. The same amount of money that you spend on the presents, spend on outreach. And they have a program every year that does it. That gives to starting a school and defer. What if we, as a community, try to live into that principle during this holiday season? What if we try to move towards this food drive so that we think about as before we gather around the table for Thanksgiving in a way that we weren't able to do last year, and I get it, friends, I'm going to California, I'm going to be with family, and it's going to be fun, right? I know that that experience is going to be good, but at the same time we move back to normal, we don't forget that all don't have enough. And so we do a food drive over the, you know, practicing a way of using less food and giving it to the food bank here in Hawaii prior to Thanksgiving. And then even Christmas, we're working with the outreach team to partner with some of our mission partners so that we can have opportunities for you to give a gift to a family member that perhaps is also a gift of service, like helping support a community garden in the same community that we helped create a well in Mali, in the continent of Africa. Storing up more is not what God calls us to do. But learning to give of ourselves 
and learning to support our neighbors and our communities is. And, and as we think about how we might care for one another, we also ought to think about how we might care for the earth. And the song that we sang just before our scripture reading is one of the most near and dear to my heart, all creatures of our God and King, perhaps the oldest of all in the, in the hymnal that we have, written most likely, potentially, we don't know exactly for sure, by St. Francis of Assisi. 1100, someone who committed himself, who had the wealth, who had the riches, who could have stored up more, but instead gave it away and lived in the streets and then also became known for his care for creation and that God meticulously made the flowers and the sparrows and the squirrels and invites us to see the moon, the stars, the deer, the fish, and the ocean, not just as our commodities to consume, but as brothers, sisters, mothers, daughters, as part of our ohana. And if there's anything that we know, is that perhaps by living with less, whether it's the one less trip in the car, the one less throw away plastic, just the one, that is one less. And the one compounding with another, compounding with another can change the world. And so today as we think about enough and we move into the holiday seasons, let us not forget that God does not call us to be consumers, but to be producers of God's love in the world. That's our call. And so as we think about the holiday season, let's not be enticed by the marketing of the grocery stores and the targets of the world and the Amazons, but instead let us think about how we might be God's love. Whether it's through giving to those who might, so they might have enough, whether it's providing hospitality for the stranger that doesn't have a place to eat and the person who perhaps lost their loved ones or doesn't have loved ones around as they gather around the Thanksgiving table, there, there will be people without a place to gather this Thanksgiving. Children with less under their tree the need is still there, so let us learn more than ever this year out of the abundance that God gives us to share it with the world. Because that's God's desire, not to store up the silos, but to ensure that all have enough. As the Apostle Paul says in Philippians, have the same mind that was in Christ Jesus that didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped or exploited or to be the king of all kings like everyone expected. That's a paraphrase. But instead, he gave himself away. Instead, he gave himself away. I invite you to pray with me. Gracious and loving God, it is so good to be together in a way that has not been able to be done so. It is exciting to celebrate 
our festive days together. And as we do this year, and as we move back into the in-person opportunities that so many of us have longed for, let us remember the earth, the animals, our brothers and sisters, the people of the world, and perhaps learn to not just go back to normal, to the unsustainable lifestyle, but to go back with a sense of enough so that all, including the earth, might have enough. Because we know ultimately the wealth we accumulate, the status, all of that is fleeting in the end. And it's you, O oh God, that are enough. And you call each and every one of us your beloved. And when we meet with you, you'll say, welcome home. Without a care of the possessions. So help us remember, you are enough. And help us live with enough. Amen.